0: Hi, hello to everyone listening on the Expo4. This is the Cloud Realities podcast and we are about to get going.
1: Welcome to Cloud Realities, live at reInvent 2022. A conversation show about what cloud driven transformation really means for businesses and humans. I'm Dave Chapman, and as we've said on these special shows, unfortunately Shalkia is not with us this week, so I am joined again by our roving reporter Rob Kerner. And Rob, how are Hello. you doing? Are well. you flagging yet? No, no, still got enough energy to keep going. So we're like, we are now sort of four o'clock, day two.
0: Yeah. And you look. I'm not sure you're as bright eyed as you were this morning. (laughs) It's been a tough day, I would say, Dave, but um, I've got my theme, so I've done what you've asked and they'll be ready. Thank Evans for that, that gives us half a show, mate.
1: (laughs) And we have, I am delighted to say, with us uh, John Allen, Director of Enterprise Strategy at AWS. John, it's so good to see you again, mate. How are you? I'm very good, Dave. It's great to be here. Thank you for inviting me. And oh, it's always a pleasure. And how's the sh- how's the show for you so far? Uh,
2: it, it, unbelievably busy this year, but um,
1: I, I, this is my seventh reinvent. Seven. And uh, yeah, I think it's the best so far. You know what? I think it's pretty. I, I think the expo is really exceptionally good this year.
2: I, it's, it's got a hell of a buzz about it this year, I have to say. And, uh, you know, this week I've spent most of my time actually in the Executive Summit, which is on the top floor of the Venetian. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty, oh, it's
1: pretty busy up there. less. <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty busy up there as well. Is it? Yeah, is yeah. It? Has, it got, has it got a buzz too? What's it, what's it like? It,
2: it, it certainly has. You know, you know, we're, we're just providing... Um, uh, a dedicated space up there for executives you know they've got different demands on their time they slightly different needs and uh, they've got a different talk track up there so I, I actually did the keynote uh, in that session yesterday uh, oh yeah uh, how yeah, yeah. not to sabotage your transformation
1: I am so looking forward to getting into some of that in a minute
2: so that was uh, that, that, yeah, got a lot, lot of uh, a lot of questions afterwards so that's always a good sign well received I think so, you know. I think it would be pretty weird of me to say, yeah, it was excellent, you know, considering I did it. But that wouldn't be very British. But, uh, yeah, you know, I I always when i'm when i'm presenting on stage there's a couple of indicators for me it's like is anybody looking at their phone yeah yeah. right that's the yeah. lead indicator like executives you know don't
1: have a strong <laughs> attention span
2: right if they're not if
1: they're not interested in something that, that's right you don't capture them in the first couple of minutes you're dead really. yeah
2: you, you, you know one or two seconds and they're picking up their phone right so yeah, look yeah, there weren't
1: many phones in the air and I, and I see that as a good sign and lots of questions afterwards is the other good sign right right brilliant brilliant and yeah you were we, we were saying just before we started to record that like it does feel busy this year. Yeah, it does feel busy. Like, like I, I mean, I, it feels like really back from from the pandemic.
2: Yeah, you know, a lot of people have said that with, you know, understandably we were all wearing masks last year, yeah. right? And, and this year we're not. And, uh, yeah, dif- different feel.
1: It is indeed. It is indeed. And... I've heard numbers anywhere between sort of 40 and 80,000. Where would you put your pin in that scale? Oh, I'm not going to comment on that yet, Dave. Not even no, no, I'm not account. going to even put pin on that yet. But I, I think it's a very good turnout. Good. I think we'll just leave it at that. And we've, we've been tracking some themes emerging, so Rob's going to cover them later in the show. Right. But I think what we're going to talk about is cloud-driven enterprise transformation. Yes. Uh, I mean, it, it, it is the reason that all this stuff exists in the first place, really. Yep. So let's start with, you know, it might be one of those things that you might expect cloud-driven enterprise transformation to be relatively self-evident. But actually to you, what does that mean? Like what, what's going on in there? Well,
2: you know, I always break it down actually away from the technology when I'm speaking to customers. Um, and actually I've just passed over um, engaging with over a thousand customers in nearly six years. Is that right? Yeah. Is that
1: right? Yeah. Did you get a carriage clock? Something like that? <laughs> I'm, not sure, I'm not sure about that. Yeah.
2: But uh, <laughs> it, it, it certainly provides an interesting perspective. And um, you know, the first thing to say is you know, cloud is a means to an end, not an end in itself. Yeah. Right? Is is to open with that. So it always comes back to actually, what is the business outcome you're trying to achieve? And one of the amazing things is of course and what attracted me as a customer, and I think what attracted you as a customer right. and you were using it is, well actually it solves a hell of a lot of issues for me on so many levels. Mm-hmm. You know, the word agility. Uh, is actually one of the primary motivators. It comes up once every nine minutes in my conversations with leadership
1: teams. And I assume you're saying that with a, a small A rather than a, a capital A. And, and That's a small A,
2: right? How, you know, I, I want to be quicker, I want to be faster, and of course I want all the other things, right? I, I want security, durability, availability, speed, scalability. But I actually want to wanna get to that agility of my business, yeah. Uh, yeah. of delivering a business outcome. And you know, when you look at the spectrum, and this is one of the things I talked about in my keynote yesterday, the most precious commodity that enterprises have is of course the humans that are working for them right now. Right. And you want those humans working on the things that are going to differentiate your business, Absolutely. You know, drive customer satisfaction. So in that, that start that, of you know, that keynote question you just gave me is okay, what's your business? What are you trying to achieve? Um, and I'm, I, I'm, I'm almost sure in every single time, yes, cloud can help you in so many spectrums. Yeah. Let's let's break it down to that one thing that you're trying to
1: achieve, and work backwards from there. And, and, let, and let's let's just let's dive into the agility point a little bit. So, like a lot of people perhaps think, well, we'll put cloud in, and then and then hopefully we'll go faster. No, but 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 there's a number of other components that go around with that, right? So, yeah, yes, cloud provides you with some infrastructure, and it will also provide you with some. Platforms and some, and some additional tooling, but what are the what, what's the secret sauce? And the thousand customers you've worked with, the ones that have succeeded yep. in increasing their speed. You know, what are the patterns that you're seeing? Yeah, there's,
2: there's there's primarily two actually, which which come back to it. One is as a, as an executive team again, what are you trying to achieve? Mm, mm. You know, so much of strategy comes back to what's going on here? What are the actions we need to achieve to achieve that business outcome? And when they go through the sort of the inflection and in the epiphany that like, hold on, there's actually a better way of doing business. There's a, there's a better way of doing business. And so many of the assumptions over the last decades of how we've structured enterprises from the infrastructure team, delivering infrastructure yeah. to applications team, to using software vendors, to these silos of marketing and operations and finance and HR and and actually, well, if you're gonna try to go faster, do you know what? Let's start moving to business outcomes that are self-contained. Right, right. And suddenly you go, well, I can't do that if I'm on if I'm using on-premises infrastructure. No. Because I still need my silos in place. And 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 suddenly they start going, well you don't you can break those silos down now. Mm. So mm. now you can start moving towards a business outcome that can be achieved. These smaller, autonomous teams can start to actually be, you know. The, the deliverers of their own destiny right. and that starts to change the business
1: operating model, that starts to unlock a lot of agility. And and those teams presumably in the model you've just described as are deeply empowered. De- deeply empowered and
2: but with the caveat that obviously in highly regulated entities such as banking, energy, healthcare, government, they're also going to need the right preventative and detective guardrails right. right in right. place and on Monday this week we actually launched one of my, well, it is my most exciting, actually, release on Monday. Um, is, it, is this the narrative you're telling us about? Yeah, so I, you know, I, had a, I had a little bit of a hand in helping you know, craft this. Um, and this came back to, you know, one of the challenges when you've got you know, over 225 services um, is how do you ensure that while you can put all the preventative and detective controls in place, how do we make that even easier? Right? Yeah, how right, do we reduce right. some of that coordination tax? Yeah. Because a lot of the really highly regulated, you know, customers um, do elements like allow listings. So they want to understand. Well, if I'm spinning up DynamoDB, how do I make sure encryption at rest is enabled? Right. Right. Uh, and on Monday, we uh, in preview Control Tower, we introduced over 350 controls aligned to common frameworks like uh, NIST, PCI. Uh, you now can select what you want is a control and a control objective, and the downstream programmatic enforcement of that is done with the inclusion of a new control called a proactive control. Mm. So if you're instantiating cloud formation and you now got a guard hook that will go, actually, you're pushing a cloud formation pattern which isn't congruent with an assertion or a standard that your enterprise wants to meet, mm-hmm. so actually,
1: you know, if you're, if, you're, if you're doing that, you need to turn this on. right? So, that, so if, if effectively, it helps you encode the guardrails. Correct. So it's like a, a deeper version of policy yep.
2: of code, as and, code. And we're making that a lot easier. So yes, teams can go faster mm. and even safer. And we're reducing that undifferentiated heavy lifting on some of that downstream programmatic enforcement to make sure that yeah, as they use the services, they're also staying safe.
1: Well, it's interesting because one, one of the themes, Rob, that you've been picking up this week yeah. is is, is, about, is about
0: simplification, right? Yeah, right, absolutely. Yeah. And,
1: you know, have you got a perspective on uh, what John was saying?
0: So I think uh, it was one of the themes that we've been discussing is the product and the platform, align it to the business, make sure you drive your outcome. But how do you let the product go fast? and control risk hmm. and what you're talking about there as yep. a way that i can control risk or mitigate risk correct and give freedom yep. and with freedom you get delivery velocity focused on what the business needs so the concept of what the product does and what the platform defines or controls gives even more autonomy to those end operational teams that can go do great things for the business yeah yeah and the thing i particularly like is you know back from when you know
2: we were engineers is if I'm blocked from doing something because I'm denied to do it there's probably a good reason to deny it but even better and I think more effective is telling me and educating me on that journey that actually there's a better way and a more secure way to do something and I can go oh okay so I'll you know, I'll turn and encryption at rest on and now I can move
0: forward again you yeah, know, right. that that's right. that's a better experience I think the mantra I always like is make the um, right thing easy to do and the wrong thing Correct. hard yes. to do yes. and this is exactly what you're providing through that control mechanism yeah. I'm plagiarizing that now ok <laughs> <laughs> it's yours feel I should
1: have copyright uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's gone copyright <Yeah. laughs> wrong and have you launched is
2: it launched it's in preview, preview. preview as on yeah. Monday um, you know so it's interesting because there's there there some really big announcements right yeah. in the keynotes this week and and, uh, you know, alongside DataZone, which was another one when mm. we took it, like, uh, you know, staying staying even safer with your data and making it easier, I, I particularly liked that one. Uh, also, you know, pretty attracted to Nitro V5, you know, um, that came out on uh, on right. Monday night. The geek in me was like, yeah, more performance. Yeah.
1: Well, let's return to that in a second in terms of the trends because we, we we'll come on to that in a sec. What I want to do, though, is, is just go back to where we were in the enterprise transformation journey there. So series of teams, they 've been empowered They're, more policy is code so you can control you, you can control that empowerment, but not in a way that's going to necessarily impede their velocity which is which is great and i and I think I agree entirely with the, the sort of the sort of organizational transformation that needs to go on around that it changes to organizational governance and therefore you get to increase velocity eg it's not just the cloud but of course there's a much more interesting side to some of these things, which you've been talking about in a recent presentation called, I think, "How Not to Sabotage Your Transformation." Yes. Yeah. So this sounds like the really good stuff, John. <laughs> so, so set out some of the some of the criteria that you that you've seen on in in all of the engagements that you've done that you, where you've seen clients self sabotage.
2: Yeah. So. You know, this is a presentation that we've been using and delivering for the last year at a lot of our summits around the world. And really what we're trying to do is, is help businesses get that business outcome deliverable. Hmm. Right. And again, cloud is a means to an end, not right. an end in itself. It's a massive enabler. And really what we talk talking about in this is, look, there's two or three things that are going on. As we look at this, as businesses are going towards the cloud, and the first one is actually um, siloed organisations. You know, they're, they're right.
1: still pretty rife yeah. out there. Yeah.
2: Right. And yeah.
1: And by that you mean like infrastructure siloed away from applications, applications split down randomly yeah. by market unit. Yeah.
2: And, and you know, we we did a you know with. Amazon's a pretty academic company. You mm. know, uh, mm. we're very narrative and written driven. And one of the things we did when we researched this presentation was kind of like started asking five whys. Oh yeah. I'm going. So hold on. Why, why, why do we do that in modern enterprises? Mm. And and you go back in time and you start going. Hold on. Actually, some of the principles that were laid down in the 1930s yeah. from, from you know leading academics at the time in in, in, in business studies from Fayle and Erwick's time. They actually came up with some really interesting principles, which for the time in a in a, in a manufacturing-driven organisation, in industrial age, yeah, company. industrial age company, were fine, and and for whatever reason, those have carried forward. Yeah, yeah. So like things like the span of control—you'll have no more than five or six individuals that a function will specialise, and and you know when you're on premises, that actually carried through. Yeah, you would yeah. have a Windows team, a storage team, a batch team, and and actually suddenly. That actually likes, makes businesses go slow when they're passing tickets between team or using waterfall methodology to deliver. When the world has now moved forward and everything's configurable via an API, wow, that's a different, that's a different thing. Now I'm actually now I need a multi-skilled team. Right. So we kind of look at it as, yes, silos, bad. Hold on. second thing is that comes from principles yeah. Yeah. that the companies have established, compounded by the fact that when you look at back at the history, we've got this huge skills gap still. Uh,
1: absolutely, right. Huge in in, in terms gap. of like the, the workforce is generally, you know, before you even get to technology, because generally leadership skills and how does that sort of function in professional organisations are still being driven by industrial age thinking in so many Correct. places. Yeah, yeah, still being driven. And then when you look at the skills gap, and we again we looked at some of the
2: uh, again we look back in time. Um, when you look at these new general purpose technologies you know, the academics call them GPTs and you look yeah. through human history, you know, we actually do a bit of a math a history lesson in this presentation, yeah. you know, and, and to give you an example of what a GPT is, one of my favorite ones is, is a few thousand years ago, uh, one of the general purpose tools that humanity you know, invented was the bronze chisel. Like why I, I thought you were gonna go with hammer and I was no, gonna be facetious, why, but it literally is a chisel. But why was the bronze chisel important in time, right? Mm. Well it actually was important because the first time ever we could forge a wheel and axe to allow us to defeat friction and create transport. Right. And then you fast forward you've got things like electricity being discovered, you know the telephone, public ISPs you know, the uh, the binary-based uh, number system, all the way through to cloud being a GPT. Mm. And in each one of those, we've seen a lag in, cl- in skills. Right. Even the original right. skill from the industrial revolution, we saw a skills gap. So we've got to, tr- you've got to double and triple down on these things, mm. find mm. a mechanism approach. And then in the rest of the presentation, I talk about some of the principles to start breaking up this thinking, right. and to break up some of the anti-patterns that, that happen on the journey to
1: cloud. And and, and- Just to maybe bring our conversation for today to a bit of a conclusion, what 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 general bits of advice would you give to people who are sort of thinking about some of these big themes for their organisation? Yeah, and and thinking like, maybe thinking, where the hell do I start?
2: Look, you know, a few a few things, you know, and the executive team understanding
1: why we are going to do this Mm. is is number one priority. It really is, right? It really is, and a, a personal reflection on that is, I used to be. You know, when I, was, when I was working customer side, which I did for the vast majority of my career, I was absolutely one of those uh, guys who is like, like like, really well intended and quite driven. And I was like, no, no, we don't have to bother leadership with this, we just have to sort of get on and do good things. But actually I think this change is, is so profound when you engage with it that you absolutely have to engage the senior levels of the organization. Yep. It's not about being hierarchical, is it? No, it's about just understanding,
2: look, you know if the word agility comes up every nine minutes this is a pretty powerful catalyst to achieve that yeah so let's understand why and then after that let's lean into start small but let's really compound the reskilling so that everybody starts to understand what is now possible mm. and you know humans generally we get unconsciously comfortable in what we're doing right and unless you can have somebody that psychological safety to push yourself out to go it's okay yeah let's try yeah. the different way and then find the right partner
1: to help you on that journey. Right. Absolutely. John, always a pleasure. Robin. Super insightful. Thank you very much indeed. Rob, a lot of themes in there that we've been we've been seeing through absolutely. the week. Aren't yeah, there? yeah so, absolutely.
0: And in fact today big conversation going on about the product and the platform. How do we organize ourselves to embrace this enabler? To go fast, get the outcome um, and there's a big change in that, the way we operate, the ways of working, the way the whole organization structured lines of finance and how even a CFO needs to think differently about how you pay for things and get capacity to deliver the outcomes. Right. So, so some quite big co- conversations that we've covered there. Um, one of the interesting ones that's coming out with the themes of this week where we see lots of data and ML and serverless is FinOps and what does FinOps do about this? Because if you have a deterministic compute cycle hey, it's easy to predict spend and you can forecast yeah. and that gets very easy and you can control it. Yeah. Now, if I, if, uh, if I have to run undeterministic processes through serverless or ML analysis, what's that going to cost me? Right. And suddenly, as you sit back and you have this long conversation about the power of ML and AI and what serverless can do, still this mantra of, but I don't know how much it's going to cost me, so should I use it? And this. I'm a bit scared to put my toe in the water because I don't know what's going to happen when I click the button. Right. And we're seeing a lot of conversation going on in the forums about, you know, great, but... Dot, dot, dot. So I think FinOps has to go through a, um, a maturity cycle there And as that's trying there. to have... Just so to make sure I understand your point, is
1: that, is that trying to make sure, therefore, that FinOps can deal with undeterministic situations? Correct.
0: A- absolutely right. It's very, very good at telling you very what, what you already know. What, what you, you already, already know, know you should already for, know. Correct. Yeah. But yeah. if you think about the power and the autonomy that we've discussed earlier, and then you have undeterministic workloads, yeah, that can be a bit of a headache. So we're starting to see the. But what do we do next? So to so, so
1: applying machine learning to FinOps.
0: Yeah, probably something like that to try and predict better from past behavior to future behavior. I, mean, I, if you, I have a different take on that. Ah.
2: go for it. Man. See, one of the thing, one of the patterns, which I think is an anti-pattern, is. And this happens, again, it's it, sometimes that the control elements play out, but central functions going, we'll, we'll have the cloud usage report. Mm. You know, and we'll, we'll look after that. And I'm like, that's the wrong behavior. I'm like, you know, cloud is like sunlight in a dark corner when you get that cloud usage report. And it's really important that the teams, the teams that own the business outcomes, yeah. understand and can and realize the the downstream impacts of the decisions and can make a deterministic choice on what they're going to use with full insight of what that's going to cost them if they need to use that. Mm. You know, we've got to get to a point where they understand the consequences of of their decision. Now, there's always going to be some elements of like auto scaling and, and elements like that that you've got to then look at the mechanisms. But the biggest thing I find is, okay, let the team that have incurred that cost see that
0: cost yeah. monthly, be accountable for it. Yeah, and I think that goes back to the role of the business aligned product. Yes. So you're responsible yes. for the outcome, but you've got the budget to deliver Correct. it. You pay for your yeah. action. Yeah. It's just getting better at understanding what yeah. that action might cost. If you absolutely. need to turn
2: on provisioned IOPS, right, because you've got an absolute business need to do so, then yeah, you're, you need to obviously pay for that. But conversely, you know, if you want to look at using spot, yeah. because that's the right thing that you do. And many, many customers use Spot to dramatically drive down the price of their EC2, awesome. You also then, you know, if you're paying for that, that's then your gift to
0: enable that. So I think the conversation that I've heard today is organisational maturity isn't there to do the sorts of things that we're discussing here. So there is a fear associated with it and they need to change the way they think about that it to and, go over That it. and use principles to underlie it. right? So you, just saying, let's put
2: the reports out there isn't how you do it. You've then got to turn it into a principle to say, yeah. let, let teams be accountable for the costs that they're going to use. Yeah.
1: Like no, that's, no, no, that's, that's, that's the a line. It's in principle driven. It, it, it comes hand in glove with me for the, with the empowerment point we talked about earlier. yeah. Which is like... It's not partial empowerment. And, and with a, you know, to to coin a phrase from Spider Man's Uncle, with a, with an element of empowerment comes responsibility. Great power. Yeah, great power comes great responsibility. Yeah
2: and you know the ultimate kicker of that conversation is you build it, you support it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Easy to say. But boy, does that really suddenly take the enterprise to go,
0: wow, what does that mean? But it's it's tearing apart traditional enterprise structures and rebuilding them, and for many, that's a, that's a big it's change. It's a big change, yeah, massive. yes. Yeah. You
2: start moving towards that business outcome focus, yeah. and I keep coming back to that business outcome, because I also find people getting a little lost on internal versus external products. Yeah, oh yes, oh, yeah, right. absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, hold on, what's the business outcome we're trying to achieve?
1: Yeah, yeah. That's where I keep bringing it down. I mean, I think that, um, yeah, Rob, next. I lost my had, a, I, I, had a, I, I had an insight, it's gone. It's the expo floor. It's Shall we three, move, on? Three, move
0: on. Well I think we can all agree big change is required in, uh, in That's in actually the what Thank you very much for that. Have I That's exactly you?
1: where I was gonna go. Yeah. Which is it is it is again, I'm gonna sort of go back to the theme of this episode, which is which was actually written a few weeks before. You know, our, our outline for this episode was written a few weeks before the show. But, but what's going on is a lot of the themes are really are, are really sort of underpinning what what enterprise transformation when it's cloud driven really means. It's, it illustrates the scale of the change, and it isn't it isn't just putting cloud in as another data center. It isn't just thinking about cloud as a technical aspect to create the sort of agility of movement that we were talking about earlier. All of the things we've just covered in the last five minutes are sort of the beginning of really fundamentally changing your organization. And actually, when I when I now talk to customers about it and I talk about digital transformation, you know, to, to use the, the, the in inverted commas phrase, I talk about things like, well, how does your governance work in your organization? How does your, how does, how does your delegation work? And, and as an organization, are you, you know, are you planning two, three years ahead? You know, and is that? Do you think that's possible in a, in an exploratory digital world? Uh, it, like you're talking about succession
2: planning and elements, or yeah, like annual financial planning, and well, you know, yeah. five year strategy. Uh, you know, we, we don't we don't tend to comment on that as, as AWS. So I'm, I've not got an opinion on that. But I, I think I think organisations have got to look at um, a whole range of different things. Mm-hmm. You know, as, as they move moving forward.
1: Nicely said.
0: Where are we on the trends, Rob? Uh, Last one, a quick one. Uh, It's basically the dashboard may be dead, which is let the machine tell you what you should be interested in and get the insight through programmatic ML and not worry about staring at metrics all the time. So, so now, what, what is your proposed interface to that? Like, uh, Alexa, tell me <laughs> yeah, Tell me what I should worry about yeah, today. Yeah yeah, 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 what do I need to worry about? Whereas you see a lot of vendors push a lot of technology associated with presenting metrics, but actually, what does that actually mean for my business and how should I treat it? Because I like, you can get data overload associated I,
1: I with all do, all that. I do actually like the idea of that very much. Like when in my previous two organizations back when I was on the customer side, we didn't. We didn't actually get to a point where we started to invest in it, but we did explore quite a bit of having. And it was Alexa's at the time. It was having Alexas in every meeting room in the organization, where you could inquire on the organization. So you could say, "Oh, Alexa, um, how many people have you got at the moment?" Or, you know, kind of how is you know what's the current state of such such a business unit. Um, and then you know you, and then you can imagine how that gets
0: is that the sort of thing you yeah have? that is the type of thing which is don't worry about looking at hundreds of reports ask the questions that you're interested yeah. in and get the answer back the yeah show. absolutely a different way of thinking about inquiring into your business your business model its performance right. and etc yeah, just make it easier,
2: right? No, yeah. Nobody wants to be writing select statements in SQL, right?
0: Natural
1: language all the na- way.
2: Natural language, and, and, you know, as you saw, you know, maybe in this morning in Swami's keynote, you know, a, a lot of the developments that we're seeing in some of that analytical yeah. is starting to move
1: towards question bases.
0: Yeah, natural right? language inquiry into the yeah. data. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, think, I think that's
1: phenomenally... Exciting! There's a there is I think a, a, an organisation in Japan, isn't there, where it was the first organisation to put an AI uh, as the chairman of the board. Oh yes. Now I thought that was a bit gimmicky. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, it's, it, and it's obviously been done to sort of draw, successfully draw attention to that organisation. I can't remember. Uh, I've not remember i have not have not heard of this. So. No, there's a, you could Google it. Like, I can't remember exactly the, the organisation. Um, but I, I, would imagine that's come from the similar sort. Of yeah, thing. absolutely, it's the same sort of thing about. Because it's, a, world it's world like a personification us. of the organisation. If it's backed up behind it with machine learning and data.
0: Well, it's to the governance point. Every governance interaction should be because of an exception. If you're having governance boards to run BAU, maybe you need to think about how you're thinking about governance. Yeah, because yeah. what's the point? Yeah. What's the value you're getting out of it? Yeah. Right, exactly. Work by exception. So there we go. And
1: another good set of trends, Rob. It's
0: going all right, isn't it? Yeah, so far so, so good. Far, one more, so to, go. One more. <laughs> 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 to go. One more to go, the pressure, and then the pressure will be exactly. off. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Going to get a real cracker for tomorrow. <laughs> uh, we'll try. Brilliant! Thank you so much, guys. Um, So, John, we like to end every show by asking you what you're excited about doing next. Now, that could be something (laughs) at the show, it could be something tonight. So, what? So, I am actually, uh, I've got one more travel
2: to Istanbul next week. Have you? Yeah. So, I'm speaking at the AWS Transformation Day over there. I'm excited about that. And then, uh, travel for me is done for the year. Oh, so Christmas after that? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Fantastic.
1: Who isn't looking forward to a well-deserved rest? No doubt. Yeah. yeah. Well, look. Thanks again, guys. Thank you, John. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Tons of insight as usual. Uh, and Rob, great work. Thank Keep it you. up. Uh, we're, we're all on LinkedIn, so feel free to join. Feel free to give us a follow or uh, connect with us. And we will see you back in the reinvent reality next time.